Oh man, isn't it wonderful that we can come together here on Easter? A lot of us have faced different things during the last year. This past year has really been different in a lot of our lives. We've learned how to do things, live differently, and we've learned how to address people differently. We've learned to do some strange things or have some strange activities like it. We've learned how to stand six foot and twelve foot from other people and learn to holler at them. I mean, it's been a strange year. But I have to say, here at Victory, and for my family especially, it hasn't been a bad time. God has taken what could have been so bad, and the Lord changed it into being something really good. And as I look back on it, I think about there's really been two things, I believe, that's caused that to happen in my family especially. One thing, we faced it with faith in God. Man, we just determined that whatever we was going to go through, we was going to go through it with faith in God. How many of you have faced this past year with your faith in God? Man, we've just determined that whatever. And my prayer is that whatever you're going through now, whatever you may be facing, whatever circumstance, whatever issue, wow, that, that you're facing it with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm in a family we're constantly having issues and Jesus is constantly having to come to our rescue. One thing that's, that's first thing is, is our faith in God. But there's been a second thing I believe that's personally added to my family and to the families of this church. And that is, the harder it gets, the more we cling together. Man, this has not been a year where we haven't attended church. This has been a year where we've determined we're going to be in church. And we've just found that better is together. And together is better. It's just better to be together with other people going through things while you're going through it. And what we came out of this year with, we came out this year with our amazing youth and amazing children. That's what's been going on on this stage this morning. We would love for you to be a part. If you have a child or if you are a child or if you're a youth, we would love for you to be on stage with us doing some of the things that we've been doing this morning. Because what we found out is that inside every person, God has residing that inner strength and that inner grace to prevail when things get tough. So we found that with our youth. We found that with our children. I tell you, we have here on Wednesday nights, we have it's all about family night. We have children that preach every Wednesday night. And we have youth that preach every Wednesday night. And it's so exciting to see what God can do with children in their lives. Now, I have 17 grandkids. Can you imagine that? Somebody said, oh, I feel sorry for you. No, I tell you, that's wonderful. I have 17 grandkids. And during this past year, I've watched many of them being called into ministry. In fact, my older grandkids have preached right here on this stage, along with the other amazing kids of our youth and of our children. Man, they, they preached the love of Jesus and power of Christ. So what I did today, uh, or what I did about today, I approached my little grandkids. And so I went over to the school about four or five days ago, and I called them all together, got permission, and I called all my grandkids in, my little grandkids. I'm talking about the ones that range from six years old up to about 12 or 13 years old. I called them in, and I said, how many of you feel called to ministry? Well, everyone, yes, I feel called to ministry. Then I said, how many of you would like to preach 
Easter service with Pop Bo. Well, I just really, when I went in there, I thought it was just going to be the older guys. But every one of those, all seven of them said that were there with me then, that, man, I want to preach Easter service with Pop Bo. So this morning, that's what it's all about. And we're here as a family to say how much we love you and how thankful we are that God can bring us through anything. And so I, my, I got seven more of my little grandkids. They're going to come to you this morning. And they're going to be sharing the seven places that Jesus bled. During the process of Jesus going to the cross, He bled His blood seven times. Every time that Jesus bled for us, He purchased something brand new. And they're going to be able to share with you what Jesus purchased for us. And then they've got a testimony that's going to follow it of what God was able to do in their life. So I want you to give my grandchildren a hand as this morning as we come to preach this blood for you. them if you would. Jesus shed his blood was in the Garden of Gethsemane. His insides were twisted so that it shed great drops of blood. Luke 22, 40, 44. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, Sinless, not my will, but yours, be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And beginning in anthony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down from the ground. His, this signifies that Jesus won back our willpower to resist temptation. Because he overcame the greatest temptation that was so intense, it caused him to sweat blood. The first shedding of blood is the beginning of, of Jesus saving us. And here in the garden, Jesus overpowered the heart of rebellion to do the will of God. It is the place that, that the fearful hearts learn to trust God. And abuse. 
Lincoln Smith, and today I'm going to be talking about the blood that Jesus shed at the whipping post. A scripture that goes with this passage is Isaiah 53:5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and his stripes we are healed. Another scripture is John 19:1. And so then Pilate took and took Jesus and scourged him. This story starts when Pilate said to the soldiers, "Whip him to death." And I mean, whip, punish him. No, whip him to punish him, but not to death. And the soldiers took it literally. And the limit to where a person would die was 40 times by whip by the cat and nine tails. And they whipped Jesus 39 times. He took every single stripe from that cat and nine tails for a healing. I needed this healing a few weeks ago. For those of you that don't know, I had a bad accident with my head. Um, it cracked open, uh, and it could have caused severe brain damage, but Jesus protected me in that. And I stand here today, fully healed, no brain damage, and nothing, because he healed every single bit of that. So all of you that are struggling with heart, and all of you that are struggling with disease, I just wanted to remind you that Jesus took the beating for you and took the stripes for you. Isaiah 53.5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. This signifies that Jesus won back our right, standing with God, and believed us from our iniquities, wickedness slash them. For all the broken hearts in life, for all of those who have been hurt and cried, for all the disappointments in life, for every wrong word spoken against you, for every ugly thing that has ever been said to you, and for for any lies that have ever been told to you. We stand here today, healed of our broken hearts, and molded back to look as if we were never hurt. Thank you. about the shedding of blood when receiving the crown of thorns upon his head. John 19:2 and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. This signifies that Jesus has won back our peace of mind and that we are free of torment. The enemy can no longer torment our minds. 
Jesus' precious blood heals our minds, our thoughts, and gives us the power to think right things. That means every bad thought, every bad thing that I have ever thought in my mind or that the devil would try to put in my mind can be healed and overcome through the power of the blood. The blood gives me the power to cleanse my mind of every wrong thought and washes my mind clean. There was a time when there was constantly bad thoughts coming to my mind. I wasn't able to sleep, and even when I was settled, I, they just came. And but I started to pray with my parents, and they and the God took away all the torment thoughts that I had. on the cross when they got big nails and nailed them to Jesus' hands. Matthew 27, 35 says, Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that they might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided his garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Now a lot of people think that the nails were put in Jesus' hands, but that would rip his hands off, so they put it in his rich, which made it more painful. Back then, it was normal for thieves and criminals to be hung on the cross. So this reason, Jesus shed his blood, is that Jesus won back our prosperity. So anything and everything that we put our hands on shall be prospered. So every time I've looked at things I shouldn't have, every time I've lied, cheated, cursed, or gave into sin, every time I've been mean or hurt someone's feelings or even made them cry, for every mad and anger moment, I am forgiven of Jesus' blood. Once as I've forgiven, God remembers it no more. And every time I remember my sin I've done in the past, it only reminds me never to do it again. shed his blood was through his pierced feet. This place signified that Jesus won back our demand and authority. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give to you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and other 
and over all of the authorities of the enemy. And nothing shall be by any means hurt you. So for every time that I have gone to the wrong way, or every time I've traveled to the wrong path, or every wrong person the devil has put in my life, I can now know his blood was washed all that clean. You cannot even find my footprint on this path. Jesus' blood not only forgave me, but also put me on the right road. Just ask him for forgiveness and ask him for blood to make it all new again. place that Jesus shed his blood was the spear in Jesus' side. In John 19.34 it says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. The fact that blood and water flowed from his side symbolizes that Jesus died, I mean that Jesus had a broken heart. The intensity and anguish of the weight and burden of all of, all of our sins that he took on himself and betrayal against him was too much to bear and ultimately caused his heart to stop beating. This signifies that Jesus won back our joy and can heal us of our broken heart. I just talked about the blood and the whipping post heals our body. The blood that came from his side flowed deep within and can do the same in us. Bringing healed and inner hurts, Jesus' blood and our master surgeon healing on the inside for all the heart the hurt that has been caused from the outside well i know what you're saying i know what you're thinking rather you're thinking wow how did such an old guy like you have such cute looking grandkids because I got a good looking wife <laughs> I, I get to kind of close this out and behind them I feel so humbled uh, by following their examples of what Jesus' blood did but there's one other place that's of vital importance that Jesus' blood was poured out for us and this the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12 it talks about that Jesus ascended. Once He had risen from the dead, once He had come out of the tomb, the Bible said, and once He had stopped by to, to remember, to walk through the door and to visit His disciples, and then He owned the great mount, He gave us this commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Bible said, then Jesus began to ascend. And the Bible said that He ascended. Man, He ascended up through what we call the second heavenly or the he ascended through the forces of darkness and because Jesus in his power and his resurrection man it wasn't anything that could stop him it wasn't anything that could hold him 
As he began his ascension, I'm sure that Satan did to Jesus the same thing that Satan's done to me or tried to do to you. He tries to figure out how he can discourage you and, man, how he can knock you down, how he can stop you. He wants to hurt you so bad that you will never be able to look up your head again. But he couldn't because Jesus has already won the battle with death, hell, and the grave. When Jesus came out of that tomb, not only did He defeat death, but He defeated the devil and everything that the devil would ever try to do against your life again. That's why belief in Jesus is so important. As we believe, as we allow our faith to be in God, then what happens is the very power that Jesus came out of that grave with is the very power that becomes available to the lives of the believers. And so then the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 that Jesus ascended. And can you imagine? Now, it had been 33 years since Jesus had left. See? Because He ascended to us. He came to save us. And can you imagine what heaven looked like that day? Angels poking each other saying, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. And the Bible said that He again, He ascended back into heaven. But because we were still on His heart, that means whatever you go through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, you're on Jesus' heart. You're not going through by yourself. Man, you're on Jesus' mind all the time. And so the first thing that he did when he got back, the Bible says that he took... Where's my... Where'd my elements go? Where'd my elements go? Where'd my elements go? Somebody bring them. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Jesus had that problem. <laughs> because it just means so much. No, I mean, I mean my whole box I had here. Wow. Jesus arrives back in heaven. He, he begins what we call the coronation. <laughs> Jesus begins to walk down. <laughs> can you imagine the shouts and the praises? Man, can you imagine what was happening in the grandstands of heaven? But there may have also been some thoughts of people that had put Jesus through that pain. That put Jesus through that agony. Thank you, Haven. Somebody knows the message. <laughs> the Bible said the first thing that Jesus did, He took His blood. Now, you may say this is a gory movie. No, it's not a gory. It's a life-changing movie. Because in that blood, in the blood, this symbolizes that this morning. In that blood is the power to forgive you forever. <laughs> that means every bad thing I've ever done, everything I've ever thought, everything I've ever said, every person I've ever hurt, every person I've ever wounded, that blood contained the power to forgive me. Though the Bible said there in heaven, on the great mercy seat of God, Jesus poured His blood. And you know that blood is still in heaven today. And it's still speaking. The Bible said it talks. 
That's why when you fail and you mess up and you say, Jesus, forgive me. And the old devil and all his horses, they're trying to condemn you and trying to get you to feel guilty. But because Jesus' blood is in heaven, everything that's ever been written against me, that blood has covered it. And that blood has caused it to be gone. Jesus' blood that day erased everything that's ever been against me. Every record of every day that I ever lived. Everything that I've ever said that was wrong. That day when Jesus poured out His blood in heaven, all the accounts, all the registers, all of the the books that were against me, all that recorded my acts, it was gone. (laughs) And I was forgiven. You were just given the symbol of that blood and that sacrifice that Jesus gave. So we're going to take just a moment and we're going to have a moment to remember it in our own life. Now the kids, what the kids have demonstrated today, they've demonstrated to you the wonderful things that we have through the power of that blood. The the first one, you know, demonstrated the power of my will. That even if I feel weak and I feel like I can't and I can't do it right and I, I can't live it right, I want you to know the blood of Jesus is able to empower me because it helped because of that garden that Jesus shed the blood. Then the blood of Jesus is able to heal me. If you're here today and you're facing illness in any way, spirit, soul, our body, Jesus' blood is able to heal you as He took those stripes upon His back. And then He took those wounds in His hands and His feet. Jesus forgave everything I've ever done with my hands. He forgave when His feet were spirits. He forgave me for everything, every place I've ever went that was wrong. He erased it. And then when He poured it out in heaven, all records against me was washed clean. I want you to open up your little communion there this morning. And we're going to take a moment to allow our life to receive from that blood too. It's always hard to get me to get that little wafer out at the top, but if you can, just get it out. This symbolizes that Jesus' body was broken for us. This symbolizes that His body was beaten for us, that, that that He went through horrible things before me in my place. I want you to take that wafer. I want you to first, though. Is anybody here that needs to make some things right with God? Man, I used to have to put my hand up every day. And I just want to see your hand. If, if, if you're here today and say, Pastor, I just need to make things right with God. I want you to take it. And like a little child reaching up to his dad, I just want you to raise it up to the Lord right there. And we're going to pray together. I want you to just repeat words that are similar to this. Just say, Father, forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry, Lord, that I didn't recognize you. All those times you helped me. All those times you was with me. Lord, I ask your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Now, his body was broken. Let's partake of the way from heaven. Now, somebody that's here, just stand up and shout for Jesus, anybody, would you? Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! His body shed that blood. 
want you to open up the bottom part of it just real quick here a moment. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood to forgive me, to cleanse me, to heal me, to help me, to strengthen me, to help me through all the issues of my life. I thank you. Your power is symbolized in this cup this morning. And I receive by faith. Let's receive. Wherever you need strength, wherever you need power, wherever you need forgiveness, just go ahead and receive it by faith as you partake of the cup. Now somebody that's just really happy for his blood, jump up and shout again, would you? Man, where are you? Yes! side of me here. Now, Alicia is my daughter in the Lord. I love what God's done in her life. But she had a hard year this past year. She faced cancer. I mean, she's a young lady, a beautiful lady. And all of a sudden, she was approached with this sentence of cancer. And she has been on a battle against it. Her and Kenny, that's Kenny right here. Her and Kenny have been fighting this battle. But, you know, they've been fighting it through trust in God. And they've also, they cling to the church because they found out that it's good to have people with you when you believe in God. So, and I've, we've watched Alicia, we've watched the grace of God. Also, I'm going to ask Alicia just to give you a quick remedy in all of our lives. Maybe it's not cancer that you're facing, but maybe it's something that you are facing. It can be a broken home, a broken life, a broken relationship, a broken circumstance, a broken job. But we can all handle it with faith in God. So, Alicia, would you share with us a bit about it? So much to say. I don't even know where to start. Um, so, in December, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And like Pastor said, it did just out of the blue. Sorry. Um, but two months prior to that, I had, um, or the Holy, should I say, the Holy Spirit led me, and um, I found a lump, which started the whole process of all the testing and all that stuff that you have to go through. Um, During that time, I was standing on the scripture that says, I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. My heart is secure. I will have no fear. In the end, He will look and triumph on His foes. And so, I think what the Holy Spirit showed me later in that scripture was that it didn't necessarily mean that the bad news wouldn't come, but it meant I didn't have to fear it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I could be secure in the Lord. And I could trust Him with my life. And so, um, Kenny and I and the kids just stood in prayer and stood on the Word, declaring the Word over my life because just like we were shown here today, I knew that Jesus died on that cross for me and He didn't die in vain. And so I knew healing was mine and I was going to stand on it and I was going to knowing that nothing is impossible with Him. And so um, we've had... We've had good report after good report after good report. Um, genetic testing. If any of you know anything about cancer, genetic testing came back all negative. Yes! So I have no genes for genetics. Every visit that I go, the tumor is shrinking. The last visit with the um, surgeon, he told us that it was considerably smaller. And this was the first time that he said that we could do the minor surgery instead of the massive surgery that they had been telling me what it would possibly would be needed. So we've been standing in faith, believing that God could do it. And so I'm not done yet, but I know that um, one day I'll stand on the stage and I'll declare my healing is complete. Yes! Woo! Woo! Come on! Support Alicia! Come on! Support her! So thankful. We've watched you and Kenny walk through this in faith, and, and the Lord has been so real to you. And I just, and I can, and can you say too that not only is it provided for the Lord in your life, but, but God's becoming more real. Yes. I mean, God's becoming more real. If you're saying, if you're going to join with the leech and say, girl, I'm going to stand with you in Jesus, come on, let's give the Lord another praise. Now, now this little girl over here. This little girl over here. This little girl over here. We'll try again. <laughs> this little girl here has another type testimony. Because where Alicia was miraculous in healing, this has been miraculous in a family. Boy, I love, I love my family. I love her. I love her. And uh, where, where, Where's that guy at? Where's Billy? Billy? Stick your head up. Come on, come on, come on, run up here with me. Because their life was a mess. I mean, where their life is now, it's just a million miles away from where they were. There was a time when the threat was, am I going to be able to pay off that fine? And now it comes comes as, who am I going to be able to bless? (laughs) And I tell you what, their life, it's been one of the most rewarding things as a pastor to watch that happen. To watch God's grace and God's blood move in a whole family. Now, both of them are involved in ministry. All of their children, which is how many? Six kids are all involved in ministry. And their lives have just been radically changed for the glory of God. Now, Amberly, tell us how we can have that happen. So uh, I was just in a season of hopelessness, um, just wondering how I was going to get all that paid. Um, when I was about 15, I just was very lawless and just wicked and wild, and I had no sense of care of 
speed limits or road signs or anything, when I got behind that wheel, I finally was like, I'm in control now. Because for so long, I couldn't go here or there, dress this way or wear this or paint my nails or cut my hair. I was so controlled growing up that when I finally got behind that wheel, I just was like, okay, I can do what I want. So I got so much tickets and fines and to where it was in seven different counties, over $20,000 worth of fines. And it was just ridiculous. So 20 years later, we're caught up and that is the most expensive piece of plastic. But um, we have it now. And, and the, find a scripture and a, a word from the Lord to stand on because it says in Hebrews 10, 23, that let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So if he gives you a word or a promise or a scripture, you can stand on that and you can find hope because he keeps his promise. He's not going to tell you something and then not fulfill it. It will come to pass in your lifetime or in your children's lifetime or the next generation, however he sees fit, but it will come to pass. Yay! Whoa! Now, your life may be in a similar issue. You may not be facing $20,000 in fines, but I can remember the last $110 fine I paid, and that was so many years ago. But I tell you what, God changes us. And we've watched the Lord take a wild couple and watched God tame them through the power of God. And we've watched the blood of Jesus then work in their lives. I want to give a hand for Amberly and Billy Nala and their children and what God is able to turn around. And we want you to know God can turn your life around. 